You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Super Wild Card Weekend, and we've got six games over three days, including a Monday nighter. So, let's get to the Pick'em Show. Morning's here, the morning's here. (laughs) Yes. I mean, we're late morning now. We're almost... We're almost in afternoon. the afternoon. Well, I slept in because I was up till close to two o'clock. Had to watch Joker for film club, take notes. Then I got into a discussion in the film club and had to journal before bed. But here we are. Wasn't sure if I was even going to do the show, but Kristen's back. She's joining me to talk about the playoff games. We're going to pick them and see what happens. I started last playoffs. I went six and zero in the wild card round. And then fell off a cliff down the stretch. Um, But here we are. We've got six games this weekend. And we've got the first game in a couple of hours. So by the time we're done with this in 20, 30 minutes, I'll have it uploaded and ready to go before the game gets underway. Not that anybody's going to take time to listen to this, but if you want to hear our thoughts on the rest of the games that aren't just the ones today, this will be the place to do it. So anyway, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. You and I both finished the regular season slightly improved over last year. I don't have my record in front of me, but I increased my win percentage by 0.1%. You increased your win win percentage by zero point one five percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would have been better too, except for towards the end, I was like, "Well, I can't win this, so I'm gonna pick all the random." <clears throat> yeah. So underdogs I, and that backfired. Yeah, you finished at exactly sixty percent. I was like 62 sixty two sixty. I think sixty two to sixty four Well, on the calculator that I have, it has you oh. at sixty. Well, Yahoo. Has well, one. Yahoo has you at what? I'm gonna bring up the spreadsheet right now. All right. I'm gonna bring it up right now. Bear with me one second as I get into this. My trophy arrived, and I've it did. I've been sleeping with it ever since. <laughs> yes, Yahoo has me at 61 percent. I have you right here at 162, 105, and three. Uh, 60%. But I think one of those ties was actually a game where you didn't pick. So that maybe shouldn't count against you. It's just a game that you didn't get to pick. Yeah. Yahoo has me have it in 164. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Whatever. Close enough. <clears throat> close enough. Now I need to audit everything. Now I feel bad. Uh, But I was at 64.4%. So the first year we did it, I was at 69%. And the first year you were at 63. So we've both had downturns since what amounts to a fairly even 
or easy season in 2020 when there was still only a 17-week schedule. You know, I got 70% of the games right. That's pretty good. And you were you started off at 60, almost 64%. So we've both fallen on a little bit harder times as there have been more games, more different scenarios. Uh, teams kind of like the Bucks, just chilling and not really playing to their full potential and knowing that they don't need to win certain games to win the division. So stuff like that is really like affecting uh, some stuff in the pick'em. But, you know, people still did well. I think the guy who won our league was only, what, three picks ahead of me. So percentage-wise, basically identical. Um, so, oh well, what's the first game on deck? Let's get into it for the playoffs. It is Seahawks at 49ers. The Seattle Seahawks, 9-8, and eight, on the road where they're 500 against the Niners, who are 13-4 and four and 8-1 and one at home. San Francisco is a 9.5-point favorite in this game, and that makes sense. They kind of have uh, Seattle's number this season, but that doesn't mean... Well, it does. They're gonna beat the. They're gonna beat the Seahawks unless something crazy happens. So, I wanted to say that doesn't like guarantee that they're gonna win, and that's true. But the deck is definitely stacked against Seattle in this game. I think just with the matchup that they currently are stuck with, it doesn't favor them. They lost by twenty in San Francisco, and then they lost by eight in a game where they really got dominated in that game. I know it was 21-13 back uh, like a couple months ago in December. Actually, almost exactly a month ago. But that game was fairly one-sided, if I'm being honest. Like, San Francisco came out, did what they wanted. Seattle, like, they played hard. They showed that they're not going to quit. They, they don't lie down. They showed that a lot last season, too. Just one of those things where I, I just don't think that they have the matchup advantages in this game enough so will it be close can it be closer than nine and a half i sure hope so so i i don't have any problem taking the seahawks at plus nine and a half because that makes it a more interesting game for me over under of 42 with these two defenses they what was the first game 27 to 7 so that's 34 second game was 21 13 so that's 34 so the odds of them getting to 42 are very low uh so i'm gonna definitely take the under there and in terms of just yeah outright wins i've, I've got to think the niners are gonna handle it they're at home i mean the rookie kid already went into seattle and won in that crowd so it's been a good run for the seahawks um i was telling you that i had gotten to not an argument but a discussion with a guy I know from a football group where we kind of like try to support each other and share our thoughts and stuff but he said that he thinks Seattle will not be in the playoffs next year and I disagreed with him um, based on his rationale because he said that Seattle has overperformed this year, where I didn't look at it that way. I, at the beginning of the season, during the offseason, I said Seattle's going to be about 9-8. and eight. They're going to compete for that last wild card spot. And that's where they ended up. They just, 
I think the bar got lowered for them because of all the Russell Wilson drama. Like, nobody was willing to believe that Geno Smith could be good for them. But, you know, I watched this team last year very closely. And when Russell Wilson was out, Geno Smith went one and two. But over those games, he had 68% completions, went five touchdowns with one interception. He just had a pick late in a game that lost them that game. And then he had a fumble in the other game that lost him that game. Um, but they lost those two games by a combined six points. So this idea that like Geno Smith couldn't quarterback this team uh, effectively was a huge mistake. And I think the bigger benefit of Geno being quarterback is that it allowed them to go back to being the Seahawks. They run the ball, they play action, they go to the tight end, and then they take shots downfield. Like when Russell Wilson was the quarterback, there was this thing of like, he has to win MVP. So we're going to try to force a square peg in a round hole. And ever since they lost that Super Bowl, it's been like this mission to make Russell Wilson the MVP and like get him the Super Bowl win on his own. And they just stopped playing like Pete Carroll football. And now they run the ball. They play defense. You know, they I was saying that they have five starters that they drafted. So they have five rookies out there who are only going to get better next season. And Geno's going to have more confidence. They have cap room. They have draft capital. They have youth. There's really no reason the Seahawks don't get better next season. They might even get Chris Carson back. We'll see. And they should probably add another running back. I mean, Penny's hurt too, so they're going to definitely have to figure out the running back situation. Walker is good. He can be the starter, but you're going to have to have some depth. Maybe you go out and get another guy to play in the slot because they've never been able to replace Doug Baldwin's absence. As good as Tyler Lockett is, as good as DK Metcalf is, you know, these guys are not Doug Baldwin. He's just a different kind of receiver. So if they could get a guy like that, uh, it would be greatly beneficial to them. And I think the Seahawks will be better next year. The The rest of the NFC might also like rebound a little bit. And that's part of the reason I figured Seattle would be a playoff contender was because the overall NFC wasn't that good. So I felt that nine and eight could get you in. And it did. Nine and eight got the Eagles in last year. So I, I mean, I knew it was possible. Um, and now here we are. And I mean, the good news is that the Seahawks are playing with house money. Nobody expects them to win. They're going on the road. Uh, they're playing against a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to compete. So if they can just, if they can hold the Niners to 21 points again, they'll have a chance. If the Niners score more than 24, I would say it's going to be an uphill battle for Seattle. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't see Seattle getting worse, whereas like the 49ers are good, but like they have talent that is kind of like aging a little bit as well. And like their window is not uh, it's not huge. You know, this is a team that went to the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. They struggled. Uh, well, they went to the Super Bowl not last year, but two years before that. Then they missed the playoffs two years ago. So, you know, if if they say have a five year window like you know, they're halfway through that. They've got to make something happen and happen this year. Um, but they, they can go all the way in the NFC. That defense is so good. And as long as their offense doesn't uh, force the issue and be the reason they lose, that defense is good enough to definitely get them to the show. So <coughs> of all the years where it could potentially be Niners, Bills, Super Bowl, this is one of them. But I'm going to take the Niners 
I'll take the Seahawks on the points, and I'll take the under at 42. Um, what about you? You got anything? Uh, you know, we've watched a lot of Seahawks football over the years, like, especially when the Bills were, like, at their worst. You know, the Seahawks are my NFC team because they're just the natural enemy of the 49ers, who basically everybody I knew growing up, growing up was a fan of the Niners, so I needed to pick somebody that was a rival. Um, I would probably still go 49ers, but I would like to see the Seahawks win because go Hawks. Yeah, the Seahawks winning would be a nice surprise to start the weekend off. But just based on what I've seen, even if they play their best football, the Niners have more ways to win the game. So I will take the 49ers. Rids picks. Rids is going with the 49ers. What's next? Um, Chargers at Jags. The 10-7 and 7 Los Angeles Chargers going up against the 9-8 and 8 Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers are 5-4 and 4 on the road. Jags are 5-3 and 3 at home. Chargers are 1.5-point favorites. Surprisingly, even though they lost Mike Williams because he broke his back because he was playing in a meaningless game. Brandon Staley, I don't know if he's just trying to get fired but you this is basically the same as the Chargers were last year they're like within a couple games of where they were I can't remember if they were nine and eight and missed the playoffs or if they finished eight and nine but to me they just had a little bit better of a start this year so when they got hurt like in that cushion in the middle they were able to just survive you know not playing well in the middle of the season and then when they got healthy it's like okay this is the Chargers this is the team that everybody thought they potentially could be but, I mean, you look at Justin Herbert through for almost 5,000 yards, but only 25 touchdowns. So, that's a really low number considering, like, where this offense was supposed to be. Austin Eckler, though, I think led the league in total touchdowns. Mike Williams, though, was their leading receiver on the year because Keenan Allen was hurt for so much of it. And now he is out. So, it's going to be Palmer. It's going to be... Uh, DeAndre Carter, those guys getting called on. You're probably going to see some Parham and some Gerald Everett as well. The question is, are the Chargers good enough? Because the Jags are essentially like what the Chargers were last year. You know, Trevor Lawrence is thrown for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 8 picks. Really improved a lot. Etienne has 1,100 yards on only 220 carries. Christian Kirk has 1,100 yards. Like, the Jags' offense is good. Their defense is not impenetrable but they're fast they're young uh they have some good playmakers on the defense as well so it's tough for me to think that the jags are completely outmatched and the chargers wouldn't be the first team to go into jacksonville and lose jacksonville for some reason is a hard place to play you know the jags are obviously not unbeaten there but I think if you look at their, let's look at their home games. They they have a 24-0 win. They beat the Chargers in LA 38-10 this season. Uh, let's see their other home games. They lost to Houston at home in a close one. They lost to the Giants in a close one. They lost to Denver in a close one. They beat the Raiders. They beat Baltimore. They beat Tennessee. Oh, excuse me. That was on the road. They they also beat Tennessee this last week, though. They beat the Cowboys at home. So their margin of defeat at home is, let's see, they lost this one by 
four. They lost that one by six. They lost that one by seven. So that's what, 17 three ways? So six points or so. Like when they lose at home, they're close. <clears throat> so they are a tough team to play in Jacksonville for sure. They score a lot of points. Um, they scored 404 points on the season. That's a ton. Um, and they look like they're somewhat healthy. The Chargers, pretty close. Given up, uh, excuse me, scored 391. So I think these teams are actually like more similar than they are dissimilar. It's kind of like trendy to pick the Jags to win this game because, I mean, it's the first playoff start for either of these quarterbacks. Both of these teams are young. Um, but if it comes down to like coaching, the Jags have Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl, you know, who has playoff experience. And Staley um, is known to make dumb decisions. He he was a little bit less aggressive on fourth down this year, which actually, I think, resulted in them winning a couple more games, got them into the playoffs. But on the other side of the ball, like, you've got a, a good Jacksonville team, a good experienced coach. The Jags are 61% favorites in the matchup predictor, which seems uh, pretty lofty. But the Chargers are one and a half point favorites on the money. Over under 47, I'll say over. The Chargers defense does have the potential to play well, uh, but so does the Jags defense. What do you think? You think this is going to be close? I mean, it's the money line says it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be close, and I want to go with the Jags. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't hate the Chargers, of course. Uh, I've always felt like they were the little brother of the, the L.A. teams. And so seeing the little brother have success is good. You know, they're better than the Rams this year. They probably have a better future than the Rams, so they will more than likely be the L.A. team of choice over the next five years at least. Um, but the Jags are dangerous, like, and they got a home game by winning their division. Yeah, if, if it's just, like, momentum-based, I would have to think that the Jags definitely have a little bit of that going for them. They've scored more points and given up fewer points than the Chargers. So this idea that the Chargers defense is going to be what wins it for them, I know Bosa's back, so they're going to have some availability of pass rush that they haven't had before. Mina Kimes is saying she has faith in the Chargers defense, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but she's she's a pretty good analyst, so I can understand like with Bosa back <laughs> thinking that the Chargers defense is going to be enough. Uh, they built the team to obviously compete for a Super Bowl, ideally. Um, but yeah, it's hard to go to Jacksonville. It just is. I don't know why. Just Jacksonville's a tough place to play. Oof. I don't know. This is a coin toss game. My heart would like to see the Jags win because that's like... I think that going forward, like without Mike Williams... I think the Jags are more dangerous for other teams to play because it's like, oh, Trevor Lawrence is playing well. Like they distribute the ball all over the place. They're not really like built on a star like the Chargers are like Eckler, 
Herbert, Bosa, Mac, James. You know, they're they're built on star power. The Jags are like, we got a bunch of role players that we gave good money to, like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick, of course, but Evan Ingram, the tight end, who has like not been wanted by any team for a while. All right, screw it. Let's go with the Jags. Sorry, Chargers. I like you guys, but the Mike Williams injury, I think, was stupid. And if nothing else, deserved to lose for getting him, getting his back broken in a meaningless game. Rids picks. Rids is rolling with the Jags. All right, what's next? Dolphins at Bills. <clears throat> go Bills. Bills are, Bills. Bills are favored by 13 and a half because Skylar Thompson's going to play. So, I mean, that's that's pretty robust. And the Bills have had trouble covering the point spread in general. So I'm not super into that big spread. But the Bills have won, I think, seven games in a row. You got the over-under at 43 and a half. I would say probably under... Because Miami's gonna blitz, they're gonna bring pressure. They know how to, they know how to at least compete with Josh Allen. But it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be Buffalo weather. Over under 43 and a half. Yeah, we'll take the under. I'll say the Dolphins cover, uh, but the Bills win. And I don't know. Like, just you can see that the Dolphins take a significant step back with each rung they go down the quarterback ladder. Like, Skylar Thompson, he's all right. He can play, but, you know, when Tua's out there, they're one team. When Teddy Bridgewater's out there, they're another team. And then with Thompson out there, they're a completely different team. Plus, Bills are America's team right now still. They, they wear red, white, and blue. They've always been America's team, but people are just beginning to catch on now. So, we'll... I mean, Allen's had a good season. He's he's thrown 14 picks, but he's got 35 touchdowns, so I'm not even sweating that. Uh, Singletary is averaging a nice, like, f almost five yards a carry. Got five touchdowns. He's he's right there with Mostert in terms of, like, effectiveness. Um, and then you got Diggs. He's got 108 catches. I mean, Tyreek Hill does have 119 for 1,700 yards and seven touchdowns. He's dangerous, but can... Skylar Thompson take advantage of him the way that Tua did. I haven't seen it yet. They scored 11 points against the Jets last week, and two of those came on a safety on the Jets trying to like make something happen. That game was really 9 to 6. And has the Jets defense been better than the Bills especially against the pass this last season? Yes, but the Bills are starting to get healthy. You know, Trey White's back. He had some really good moments in the last couple of weeks. Um, I still don't ever expect him to, like, run in a straight line with Tyree Kill and cover him, but uh, Kyer Elam had some really good snaps against Tyreek last time these teams played as well. So I think the Bills' defense is maybe getting slept on a little bit here because of just some issues with, like, third downs. But look at their, like, just their last five games. They won by 12. They won by 22. Then they beat the Dolphins by 3. They beat the Jets by 8. They beat New England by 14. Like, that's a pretty sizable margin of victory in each of those games. And only two of those teams scored more than 20. And one of those was a game where it was 23. So that last team to score more than 23, though, was the Dolphins who scored 29. So I just, I don't, I don't see it with Skylar Thompson. He may surprise them and be more effective than we think. But at the end of the day, like, 
my money will always be on Josh Allen. And, like, it's been going around. Like, people want to always get into, like, a prick-waving contest about, like, Mahomes or Herbert or Allen or Burrow. And it's like, yeah, they're all good. Like, where they are ranked in terms of, like, who's the best and who's the worst doesn't matter to me. But I know I'm a Bills fan, so it's going to sound biased. But (laughs) with the game on the line, if I could have any of those quarterbacks, it's going to be Josh. And that's no disrespect to Burrow, who's great, to Mahomes, who's great, to Herbert, who's great. Brady, Rodgers, throw them in there, too. No disrespect to any of those guys. But if I got one drive to win the game... Who gives me the most ways to win that game? Josh, for sure. He's a better runner than any of those other guys. He's got a bigger arm than any of those other guys. And the way he plays football, like he's going to go out there and take it on his shield in order to get the team to win. Like he gets hit hard a lot, but he knows what he's doing out there. So like yeah no disrespect to any of these other guys they're all really good players and it's not that they don't want to win it's like i think josh is more prepared to die to make that happen and he knows that his body is big and he can take it so he goes out there and he puts himself in danger in order to help his team and sometimes like that backfires but i still want that guy out there so as long as he's got the ball uh i will take my chances rids picks rid says bills all right, what's next? Giants at Vikings. This is a rematch of a game a couple weeks ago where the Giants almost beat them. You know, this is the best season that the Vikings have had with Kirk Cousins. They got to 13-4, and four, but they lost the number two seed because they got thumped by Green Bay in a game that they had no business getting thumped in. And, you know, they beat the Giants 27-24. They had to go to overtime against Indy in that game a week before that. They lost to Detroit before that. So they're two and three in their last five. Two of those games, they won by a field goal. So the idea that they're just going to like walk in here and easily beat the Giants, I don't think that's the case at all. I could see Minnesota being favored here, but... What, what time does this game take place? Is this morning game? This is 1.30, so it's not quite primetime. So maybe primetime Cousins doesn't show up and lose this game. <laughs> but I just, I've been, I've been less than impressed with the Vikings. Like, I picked them to beat Green Bay in that game a couple weeks ago. And the Vikings team that showed up for that game, like, who the fuck was that team? They've been playing all season. They finally get, they could have eliminated Green Bay in that game establish their dominance and they get absolutely dominated Kirk Cousins plays like ass they completely shut down Justin Jefferson um and so it's like one of those games like who is this team like when they were down 33 nothing to the Colts like who is this team are they good or are they terrible and they just happen to get lucky are they mediocre and they just end up winning a lot of close games because I think they were I think they might even be like 11 and 0 in one score games so I think they have talent they definitely I want to say they are resilient in a way that a lot of other teams aren't like to come back from 33 down to come back from 17 down in Buffalo like I don't count the Vikings out like until it's mathematically unavailable for them I think they're a threat uh so that's that's the hard part Kirk Cousins is hung in there made some tough throws but this is like this is the most healthy version of the Giants uh, that they've been basically 
all season. Jones is healthy, Barkley's healthy, Slayton, Hodgins, James. And they're kind of like the Jags in that, like, between Slayton and Hodgins and James, like, none of these guys are, like, superstars. Kenny Galladay doesn't even play. Wandale Robinson's on IR. Sterling Shepard's on IR. Uh, Evan Neal, the rookie, has been very good addition to their offensive line. And then their defense just, like, plays well as a group. So my heart is telling me Giants, but that's only mostly because I like their brand of football. Like, they've been close... They've had a lot of one-score games themselves. I mean, they lost to Dallas by 7. They lost to Seattle by 14. They lost to Detroit by 13. Lost to Dallas again by 8. They got smashed by Philly. Uh, they tied Washington and came back and beat Washington. And then they lost to Philly this last week by 6. Like, it's just... They're good on both sides of the ball. They're disciplined. They play hard. I... And then seeing the kinds of games that the Vikings have lost bad, like the game that they got hammered by Dallas, the game that they got hammered by Green Bay, those are games where it's like they get to a point and they give up, you know, and that's concerning because you look at even the Giants' worst loss against Philly, they they scored 22 against the Philly team that scored 48. So it's like they didn't give up in that game. They just, the Philly just poured it on them. But you look at the games where Minnesota had those kind of like those lull games and you know they got beat by Philly 24-7 they got beat by Dallas 40-3 and they got beat by Green Bay 41-17 I mean you're looking at 105 to 27 in those three games so I think I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to push them to that place but if they do I think they can win. If they, it, they're going to have to get a couple bounces their way early. They're going to have to bring the level of physicality, but they get to play in a dome. I don't know. What about you? You like the Vikings in this one? Of course. I'm going to go Vikings. Okay. You got any rationale for that other than you like the Vikings? They wear purple. They wear purple, and I like the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Justin Jefferson is, of course, very close to. I was going to say impossible, but then you look at the Green Bay game and he was completely taken away. So if I'm the, if I'm the Giants, I'm going to look at what kind of coverages we used in that Green Bay game. Just take Jefferson out of the equation and the Vikings aren't good. So if you can find a way to get him out of the game and limit his playmaking, they struggle. Like they can still run the ball. Okay, but they're not a great rushing team. Like Thielen's a good player. Osborne's a good player. But like these guys just aren't in it enough. And I like Hawkinson, but the kind of catches they ask him to make is, like, he takes a beating out there. They throw him, like, nine catches, but I'd say four of those are, like, he's leaping and then falling on his head or getting the wind knocked out of him half the time. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Giants. Okay. I think it's going to be <clears throat> close. It was last time. I think it'll be a, a fight. Yeah, I mean, it was 27-24 last time. Giants tied it late. Uh, Over-under set at 48. I'll say over, and I'll take the Giants to win. Because, hey, if I'm right, I sound like a genius. If I'm <laughs> wrong, I'm like, hey, there was I wanted them to win, so that's why I picked them. It's more exciting if the underdog wins, and I like Dable. You know, there's a lot of Bills connections on that uh, Giants team. So I think of all the games where... 
I'm Minnesota, and like, what kind of matchup could we have gotten? You didn't want to play Dallas, that's for sure. You you probably wanted to play Seattle. Uh, and the Giants are maybe like the least high octane offense of all the teams Minnesota's going to play. But the Giants know how to like make the game close. So we'll see if if, if Cousins has one of his like primetime moments and he just like doesn't show up for this game. Could be really bad. So Rids picks. Rids is rolling with the Vikings. All right, moving on. Ravens at Bengals. Yep. No Lamar Jackson. This game's in Cincy. Eight and a half point favorites. Uh, over under 40. I'll say over. I think these teams, they played like two weeks ago and uh, they ended up going over. So I don't see any reason why they wouldn't again. They got to 43 last week or uh, yeah, January 8th. So they're playing each other again. Still no Lamar. So it's going to be Huntley out there. Uh, and he's questionable too. But Bengals are more healthy. Honestly, the Bengals are just a better team. Um, so, like, really, L Lamar Jackson is their leading passer and their leading rusher, and he's not in the game. So, okay, Mark Andrews, good luck. Bengals are better on both sides of the football. They have more ways to score. They have more ways to win. You know, I think they probably do win by eight and a half. That's a big spread in the playoffs, but... Baltimore's got a good uh, defensive front, but they give up a lot of points. Their secondary is not that great. I don't know. Is there any reason for me to think Baltimore's going to win this game? They wear purple, too. They do, but I'm going to say it's going to be Bengals. Yeah. I mean, I also want to see the Bengals. I want to see that Bengals and Bills game. Yeah. I do. I selfishly want to see it because I think the winner of that game is the best team in the AFC. And because of what happened with Hamlin, like, we didn't actually get to see it, and it's gone, you know, people are bitching about seeding scenarios and all that, but it doesn't matter. The team that wins that matchup will be the best team in the AFC, so I hope we actually just get to see that matchup at some point. It'll be cathartic for both those teams as well to actually get to play. I do too, but I think it's also just been fun watching the Bengals play. Yeah, the Bengals good. are good. They're fun to watch. They are. I know. People are like, Joe Burrow's like cocky and all this. And it's like, I mean, why wouldn't he be? He doesn't He doesn't strike me as a guy who's like so cocky it's disgusting. But he has confidence. You know, he he's won at every level he's ever played at. He went to the Super Bowl last year. Why wouldn't the Bengals think that they're the best team in the AFC? I'm not like, oh, they shouldn't be allowed to think that about themselves. It's like, they absolutely should. They went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. After losing at halftime. <clears throat> or being down at halftime, I should say. So, at the very least, I think they have every right to be confident. As do the Bills. So, we'll see what happens. Rids picks. Rids likes the Bengals. Uh, and then we get Monday night, right? What's that game? I know what it is, but why don't you lead us into it? Cowboys at Bucks. The Cowboys at the Bucks. This is, again, the Cowboys who I think are a good team, but they have always been plagued by their like kind of inability to win important ones. They lost to Jacksonville in Jacksonville, which is why I'm like, Jacksonville's hard to play in. They don't quit down there. They play close games. We've got Washington, 
We've got, uh, who else is on this list of losses recently? So just Washington, but like they, I think Dallas could have secured the number two seed if they had beat Washington. And they didn't know that Philly was going to win that game. So at the time that that game started, they were still playing for potentially winning their division. And they come out and they get absolutely thwacked by a rookie quarterback and that Washington defense. So the Bucks defense is fast. They, well, at least at the linebacker position. But I think the Bucks have all of the tools to make this a hard game for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have gone into Tampa the last two seasons and lost both of those games, albeit in close games. So you're getting playoff Tom Brady. Am I ever going to count Tom Brady out? Nope. So I, I like I can't pick Dallas in this game, even though they're favored by two and a half. I think the Bucks as underdogs is uh, is a nice live pick here. And I think those would be my three underdogs: it would be the Bucks, the Jags, and the Giants. A nice like you. Parlay those three together. If they all hit, that's a nice payout. Over under a 45 and a half. I'm going to say if they actually do get... No. Bucks really don't score. Let me see. Let me see. They scored 17. Then they beat Carolina. They scored 30. 23-7. Yeah, the Bucks don't score. You know? That, that's the problem. Is that despite them being the Bucks, their offense has been just kind of like invisible. So, and then you get Dallas, who against Tennessee, they scored 27. They should have scored more in that game with Tennessee had no defensive starters in, basically. Uh, they barely beat Houston. They, they scored 34, but lose to Jacksonville. And then they beat a Philly team without Jalen Hurts. So it's like they get up for the right type of games sometimes. But, you know, even though Brady is old, he still he threw for 4,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, 9 picks. The problem is they don't get their run game going. So that's that's the issue. If they can run, if they can run the ball against Dallas and Fournette shows up and has the kind of game that is like playoff Lenny type of game, they can definitely win. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bucks. I like that they're underdogs. And I just... Until, until further notice, I can't like people are i heard a joke or something that that like why why would people be picking brady and the bucks here because it's like everything's pointing against him and it's like he's got 10 playoff wins in his 40s which is more than dallas has had like in a decade so the the idea that like tom brady can't win this game like that he's not ready that the team's not ready and i don't think the bucks were like you know, I don't think they were playing their cards close to their chest, trying to like avoid showing people things. But I do think that they took advantage of having a weak division and spent a lot of time trying to figure out other things in the process. So I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Rids picks. Rids is betting on Brady as well. I don't know about you, but I, I've been traumatized by Brady for two decades, so I can't. I can't pick against him here. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Not from the traumatizing standpoint, but it's hard to think, or it's hard to believe that Bucks are the underdogs. Yeah, they're at home. But, I mean, it's it's bitten me in the ass several times picking the Bucks to win and they lose terribly, so 
I don't know. It is playoffs, like you said. Brady playoffs. It's been a rough season. He's got something to prove. But also not have something to prove. Because he's Brady. Yeah. I'd be pissed if Brady won the Super Bowl again this year. I'd be so pissed. I'm sorry. I always forget that when I drink coffee and do the show in the morning, it all that milk makes me very phlegmy. But yes, I would hate an 8-9 and nine Bucks team to kind of like limp into the playoffs in a terrible division and then make a run to the Super Bowl. But yeah, like they're five and four at home. Dallas is four and four on the road. So it's a coin toss whether or not Dallas is going to win on the road. One of those road losses is to the Bucks at the beginning of the season and in a close game as well. So it's just, it's not a game where I see Dallas as a big favorite despite their record and despite their talent. I think the Bucks can make the game annoying. And if the referees in the game do not set the tone early with the Bucks secondary, it's going to be a nightmare for Dallas because the Bucks, they are a grabby bunch. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. They, they hold, they grab, they do everything they can do under the sun to get an advantage against those receivers and they they you know they cheat until they get flagged for it is what it is they they hold they grab they push illegal contact pass interference whatever it is until the flag actually comes out so if the referees are not like respecting that early you're gonna i think you're gonna see Dak get frustrated i think you'll see like cd lamb get frustrated and if those guys are frustrated and they're looking to the ref to like bail them out that's where the Bucks will win the game. If they can stay calm and composed and just fight through it, it's like, okay, say they're they're doing that and they're frustrating those guys. Take the underneath stuff. Go to Schultz. Get Gallup involved in the slot. Get Pollard involved out of the backfield. Run the ball. Like, stay within your game. Stay focused. Stay disciplined. They can win the game. But I've seen this Dallas team get frustrated. And they kind of seem often like i don't know entitled might be the wrong word but a little bit so if they get frustrated i think that's where they lose the game mm -hmm. so keep keep your heads on straight don't let the bucks drag you into like an annoying ticky tack game because when it comes down to it like who do you think the flag is going to fly for tom brady or dak prescott tom brady's going to be like oh god i'm about to be sacked let me just throw this deep ball and then mike evans is going to offensive pass interfere somebody and they'll throw the flag in his favor and the Bucks will get 50 yards out of it so they know how to do that that's like a Tom Brady special right there it's like okay we need we need a bunch of yardage here I'm just gonna throw something deep I'm gonna underthrow it so my receivers got a chance to get interfered with I mean that was like a Patriots special right there so it's annoying as hell uh and unfortunately it's like it's not good football, but it's intelligent in taking advantage of what's out there. And if anybody can manipulate the game the way that it needs to be manipulated to get this W, it's going to be Tom. And we're going to see it on Monday night. It's going to be prime time. So, you know, even more pressure on Dak and the Cowboys. Like, you're the last game of the week. You're favored on the road against Tom Brady. It's put up or shut up time. Like, if you guys lose, then it's right back to, like, you guys can't win. You guys have, like, one playoff year in a decade or something like that. So, <laughs> It's going to be interesting. It is, but that's the end of the show. We're coming in at just under 45 minutes. Um, 
got an hour and a half till kickoff, so I'll get this posted in the next like 15, 20 minutes and have some time to listen to it if you care. Probably won't. Nobody listens to this show anyway. Don't give me that face. As soon as you left the show, no one wanted to listen anymore. <laughs> our, our listeners went away. Sorry to hear that. So, take care. Be well. Stay safe. Hope you won your fantasy leagues. And happy football Saturday and Sunday. And? And Monday. And Monday. Go Bills. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. I do appreciate it. And I do believe that word of mouth is still the best way to help. So if you liked what you heard, then please tell somebody. But otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff helps too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. And you can contact me at nick at thescheiss.com or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills.